All right, fellas, this episode's starting a little different. I've got some copy to read here. Today's episode is sponsored by Bibliophiles, Jake. Oh. A production of the Center for Lit podcast network where the Andrews family, mind you, Brandon. Andrews family. Andrews family. Got it. Explore the great ideas of Western literature, bringing them to bear on the life, art, and culture of our modern world. The classics offer us myriad journeys, Jake, worlds within worlds. Center for Lit provides maps and keys. Maps and keys. Find their podcasts and learn more about their resources for readers and teachers at www. That stands for World Wide Web. Yeah. dot com. Now, yes, Brandon, I have myself have not listened to this podcast. It's very interesting to me, though, because I'm always interested to see what other people are doing. Yeah. We recently had the great David Kern on. We and did. He said things about thing that we were reading and then we said things to him and we had an exchange and it was very nice and we we like david kern it was fun but bibliophiles or or no yeah bibliophiles i've not listened to but you have i have listened to bibliophiles the episode i listened to they had some fun things to say about flannery o'connor wannabes ah yeah which rings true with some Mm -hmm. of the things we've said yeah indeed we uh we are right on board with you guys i was like pumping my fist saying yeah you old people out there who want to be Flannery O'Connor. Yeah. Be your own writer. She was Flannery. You ain't Flannery. No. And then also- Down they, with posers, man. Down with posers. If there's one thing we stand for, it's death to posers. That's yeah. right. Death so to we're, posers. So we stand with you, bibliophiles. Death to posers. <laughs> <laughs> we may be putting some words in their mouths at this point. No, I'm just, I'm just saying what I assume they say. Death to posers. <laughs> and then the other thing that was very- um, what would you say? On the same wavelength. They were making fun of people who think that only things that are like 100 years old can be of any quality. Classic literature is only the literature that is of a certain age. Like my, that... my uncle Gus, he was 91 years old. Are yeah, so therefore saying... he's a classic piece. No, he's not a classic piece of literature, literature yet. Nine years from now, though, he will be. Well, he died. Oh, well. <laughs> he never made it to quality. <laughs> he seemed like a nice guy to me. <laughs> he did not quite make it. So... People, when they're done listening to the booking, they might want to listen to this Andrews family. Brandon? That's right, Nathan. They might. Yeah. They do bibliophiles. The Andrews family. (laughs) 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 Coming up next, the looking watches The Great Gatsby, the Boz Lerman film. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to that intro music and that ad for Bibliophiles. My name is Nathan Alberson, humble and obedient. Yes. Yes, that's what I am. I'm joined by two personages you might have thought, because you're used to things staying the same. <clears throat> you're used to listening to the same old booking week after week with the pastor who's a master of reading and the scholar who's a baller of reading. But you are in for a surprise, because I have neither one with me today. Oh, I have a machine gun. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No. Always. Oh, <laughs> I do not have a machine gun. I have 
Ghost Brandon. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Ghost Brandon? Hey, did you hear they're making a new Ghostbusters? I did hear that. That's what? exciting. They're they're making what? one. They're making one that's in the continuity of the original Ghostbusters. But they also haven't cast or recast or is gotten Bill any of the original. Murray. No, they haven't gotten any originals back on. Well, until they and announced it's, it. Bill. It's directed by Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's son. Yep. Oh. Ivan Reitman being the director of the original. Mm-hmm. And a Sent out a tweet, finally got the keys to the car or something like that. Which is wow. fun because I didn't even bother watching the Melissa McCarthy one. But I heard it was mediocre. It looked stupid. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. It looked like it had a lot of riffing. As soon as they announced Bill Murray's part of the project, I'm in. Well, to be fair, he was part of that crappy one that I just said I didn't see. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he was. That's disappointing. Oh, he wasn't? Yeah, he was. He had a little cameo and apparently did nothing funny because he was so bored by it. Weird. I've even watched his part and I can confirm he does nothing funny. Weird. I didn't uh, I never knew that. Probably cashed a nice paycheck for it. Ghost Brandon, why don't you introduce our other friend? Oh man, he is not BM. only a master anymore, but he is a master of beasts. He BMF-T? is a beast master, BMF. BMFT? BMFT. Beastmaster. Funky Town. Yo. There he is. Beastmaster Funky Town. People probably thought I wasn't going to remember that I decided you guys were Ghost Brandon and Beastmaster Funky Town, but that is Beast, Beast What? Beastmaster? <laughs> what did I say? Beastmaster Funky Town. Uh, that is going to be with us for years. What were we talking? Oh, Great Gatsby. We're talking about the Great Gatsby, the movie, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, directed by Baz Luhrmann of Moulin Rouge fame. Yes. I'm not going to do any context movie. for this movie. It's just some movie that Boz Lerman, he's an Australian director that did a bunch of weird, crappy music video inspired movies. Moulin Rouge, arguably his best. Yeah. <laughs> arguably. Arguably. One could have that argument. <laughs> I, 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 like, I, I hesitate to admit this on a Christian podcast, but I like Moulin Rouge back when I was a teenager and it came out. It seemed pretty cool. Anna and I both liked that movie. I mean, it's been many years since we've seen it. It had Nicole Same. Kidman and uh, Ewan McGregor and uh, starts that it cast. It's almost like Gatsby was trying to recreate the magic of that movie. Yeah, but it didn't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. I don't know what to say about Moulin Rouge. It was a movie that came out. It doesn't seem to really have the cultural cachet. It doesn't seem to have really lasted in the popular imagination, has it? Do people still talk about Moulin Rouge? Do kids no. today care about Moulin Rouge? No. Kind of was a flash in the pan, huh? Yeah. I mean, it felt like a really big deal at the time. It was it was like a... Well, it was because how long had it been since there was a big musical? And plus they did that whole mashup with Christina Aguilera. And... Yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head. People were so starved that somebody served them Totina's pizza and they thought it was a feast. Yeah. But then we've, since then we've had some real pizza. And kitchi, we... kitchi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yuck. Okay, I don't like Moulin Rouge. Now yeah. that you reminded me why I don't like Moulin Rouge. <laughs> Brandon and his wife, it's their favorite movie. They love it. <laughs> we love it. They watch um, it every day, night before they go to bed. Right before we read Gabriel Garcia Marquez out mm-hmm. loud together. <laughs> what was I going to say, Nathan? Read uh, my mind. Oh, the whole writer as stereotype for a mute, like the genius writer. Yes. As the storyteller. Yes, yes, yes. He's, he's, he loves that trope. He's in the wife beater in, in Moulin Rouge. He's in the wife beater and he's smoking the cigarette and he's got the alcohol and yeah. he's. Type in the typewriter. Yeah, Boz Luhrmann just loves this idea of that great genius writer. And guess what? In the Gatsby movie we just watched, every line that Luhrmann wrote mm-hmm. to put in Nick Carraway's mouth or every time he changed a line was the worst part of the movie. Every line that was actually Fitzgerald's own words were, fan- were fine, were great. Eh, well, we'll talk about that. Uh, I would say Luhrmann... 
likes melodrama. Lerman likes sure he does. He cliche. Likes those doors swinging open. He enjoys cliche. Actually, he likes iconic images based on the past. He likes MTVifying things, and he sucks. I hate him. Uh, let's talk about this movie. Those linen cloths in the room for whatever reason. Oh, when he first goes in and sees Daisy. Yeah, I did not understand that scene. Yeah, well, let's talk about this movie. I didn't understand what was going on, Nathan. Brandon didn't That's, like this. That was in the book. Yeah, it was in the book. There was a gust of wind that came in, and there was, was draperies. The blowing. And... It was part were of they how he created. Were they all over the place like that? No. That's what he... He takes everything. He turns it up to 11. He makes yeah. it into a music video, and... I felt like I was in like that... Music video is like the New Yorker's criticism of the... Maybe Puzzle. or something. Puzzle. My criticism uh, of the movie I'm is I'm sure that, everybody said it Well, you know my criticism of the movie. Well, Brandon, why don't you say your criticism of the movie? You want me to go ahead and so, just tell my criticism of the do movie? Do people even know we're talking? We watched The Great Gatsby, <laughs> the one that Baz Luhrmann did. And, and we all liked the it. book. The, the Leo DiCaprio one. Yeah. That's the way to define it. Not the Robert Redford one. Where did that gift come from? It comes from. Yeah, where Leo's smiling or whatever. Holding the champagne. Yeah. It was uncanny was my experience with this movie. Uncanny. I watched it with my wife today. Mm-hmm. I brought home Euros, and we ate lunch and watched this movie. There you go. Because we didn't want to stay up until like one o'clock last night to watch it after a one. That's what I did. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have done what you did. <laughs> we watched this movie, and man, the experience, I well, like I said, it was uncanny. I Would you like... say? No, that was lame. I was going to say something lame. I'll just say people want to hear lame things that I yeah. come up with. Would you say that the Valley of Ash that they went into was the uncanny valley? So, <laughs> um, <laughs> not even worthy of a response. <laughs> what was weird about this movie was that it followed the plot mm-hmm. to a T, and the dialogue, and the dialogue. And I, in fact, in and a lot of the narration, narration, I went and I got the book out, and I was what like the scene where the, the the best example I can think of is where the it's the climactic scene where Tom and Gatsby are having their confrontation. Mm-hmm. And yet every problem in the movie comes out in that scene, but it's weird because they're following all the dialogue and yet right. they can, the attitude, this, the, the uh, spirit of the book is not there. If you read the screenplay is, though, you'd say, oh, well, this is a pretty good adaptation yeah. of Gatsby, I guess. And I think the problem lar- largely has to do with some of the characterizations. Tom is not as much of a monster. There's more ambiguity to every character. In the book. In the book than there is in the movie. And this is especially the case with Tom, I think. There's this moment where... When he says there are things that you will never know between me and Daisy in the book, you mm-hmm. get the sense that Daisy responds to that more than she does in the movie. Yeah. In the movie, it's just, there are things you will never know. And the camera's swirling yeah. around him like a Michael Bay movie. But in the book, it actually but, pauses. But that does resonate with her in the movie. She starts crying and she turns to Gatsby and says, oh, can't I have loved him? And But it doesn't resonate with us, I guess, is yeah, there's the something, problem I would there's, say. There was something that didn't quite click. With me in watching this, and maybe it's just trying. Well, to watch nothing a movie. quite clicks with the movie. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels, yeah, it feels like it's a train that never quite gets on the rails. Mm-hmm. Even though everything's there, the rails all there. The, the rails there. The there. train's there. It's a beautiful train. It's like a yeah. gilded train with twenties flapper girls dancing on it. Isn't there another movie version? It's a hip hop book. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a Robert Redford Robert movie. Robert Redford. It's, all, it's also panned. Yeah, it's supposed to be very inert and lifeless. Francis Ford Coppola, of all people, wrote the screenplay to that thing. Really? Yeah, it's a, but it's not supposed to be that good. People people have long said this is an unfilmable novel, but that didn't stop old Boz Lerman from throwing his hat in the ring. All right, well, we've got- a, large, a large part of what we argued was 
the feel of the no- the novel was the humid the the weird humid limpness to everything, mm-hmm. and how the whole point of the novel is that nobody we're all creating these realities that we want the world to be, mm-hmm. and even Gatsby has this himself, and he's not this great figure of hope for Nick Carraway. At least that's not the what I took from the novel. They completely yeah. took out the line where Nick tells he does tell him that they're all he's better than the whole lot of them, right? But you miss the line where he says and. He never really been really liked Gatsby. Right. Right. You got a little you lose a lot of the ambiguity. Yeah, that was of the a book. real betrayal of the yeah. book. The biggest betrayal of the book was the whole idea of Caraway's in a sanitarium and he is looking at Gatsby as this untouchable, hopeful figure that he idolizes. Mm-hmm. And obviously the the book is written from Nick Caraway's perspective. It's called The Great Gatsby, but it's not so much his his like that he's enamored with Gatsby. It's just even at the end with the funeral and stuff, it's that somebody, it's his, it's his Midwestern, you know. Somebody should do right by this guy. Yeah. Yeah. The title. Sense of propriety that follows Caraway throughout the, the novel. The fact that he didn't fall in with Gatsby with. His underworld schemes. And yeah. All that. He wasn't going, he was just going to do him the favor of setting up the, you know, there was not going to have to be a quid pro quo. It was more about Caraway's character than it was well before we get too far into this discussion jake what did you think about the movie overall agree with brandon disagree i'm not entirely convinced that it's as big of a betrayal of the characters of tom and daisy as as brandon says it is but the movie is all over the place i think we should say pretty close to the top the movie is awfully racy it's got some pretty racy scenes in it and stuff in it yeah and yeah. Stuff that's not in the... W- were you blowing that off? No, I'm agreeing. I'm, I, I guess I'm just thinking... It's. I was just pondering the reason in between... I said, yeah, and then I said, yeah, in between the two yeahs, I thought, would I tell anybody to power through the raciness in order to... Because there's something worthwhile, and then I thought, no. no it's just... No, it's, it's a, not worth it. It's a bad movie, apart from the it's morally a, it's, questionable It's content. a bad movie, and there's a significant enough amount of morally questionable content to make it really not worth yeah watching um, but you say it's not a betrayal of what well so i guess one of the criticisms that you could lay at its feet is that it's a pretty like like you said everything's dialed to 11 it's pretty gauche mm-hmm. like there's a lot of gaucheness but i don't know i sort of felt like it was a neat and interesting take in that sense because it captures the gaucheness of west egg compared to east egg and the gaucheness of the 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 glitzy over the top nature of the Roaring Twenties. Well, and... I actually wouldn't have minded personally if some of the scenes were done like that. I didn't mind the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was cool. I wouldn't. I have... thought it was actually a pretty neat. I, I remember seeing it uh, when it first came out, like on video with Amanda, and thinking it was just a pretty neat. T- I, some of you go back, it's like you know, I remember this Jay Z song that they you know did with the. But but um, it's a cool conceit. Uh, it was a neat conceit, and I, I actually think it sounds cool. I, I I like the way the hip hop is interlaced with songs from the twenties and stuff. But I think like if Gatsby's party was like that, if the parts that were actually supposed to be gauche were like that, and then the movie calmed the heck down for some of the stuff that was supposed to be elegant, or when they went into New York or the Ash City place, it had a different tone. But instead, yeah, it's just I think that's constantly fair. aggressively all pitched at the same level. And it's like, 
if everything's, I mean, I've said this before about various things. If everything's dramatic, nothing's dramatic. If everything's interesting, nothing's interesting. It's just like the whole movie is pitched at the same tone and, you know, it can work. You can, you can do melodramatic. You can have Leonardo DiCaprio turn around for his big introduction, smile, everything go into slow motion, fireworks go off behind him. And Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue play, and I think I would, I, I could get behind that. I it like it all be shot in three D. Yeah, I like filmmakers taking wild, crazy risks. But if the whole movie is just a series of moments like that, that that moment doesn't have room to breathe or be anything interesting. Now, weirdly enough, I did feel like that happened a little bit towards the end, and maybe it was just Boz Lerman get ex- getting exhausted. Mm-hmm. So, like some of the stuff with Gatsby's death was actually pretty effective mm-hmm. um, in a way, even that I think kind of captured what was happening in the book. I didn't like Nick Carraway's involvement with everything at the end. How he was like his protector of his image and telling everybody to get out of his house and all that. But. I would say Tobey Maguire was basically a swing and a miss for me. Like, yeah. and I, yeah. I don't know whether it was his fault or the script's or fault Spider-Man's or fault. Boz's yeah. fault, but his whole yeah. purpose. This is why he became Spider-Man, was this tortured, this tortured in life. Yeah, I mean, he just, yeah. But and They I mean, were the, all aged beyond, well beyond what they yeah. were supposed to be but they yeah. were supposed to be too and it was obvious the green light on the pier was an effective symbol mm-hmm. he did that well and yeah some of the set dressing was nice so it wasn't all just a waste but and I think Leonardo DiCaprio was pretty perfect as Gatsby yeah he was great he really captured that that, parag- that famous paragraph about Gatsby's smile and how it seemed to understand you mm-hmm. the only person that can do that is a movie star and it has to be the right kind of movie star with the right who's just past his prime yeah. you know in terms of looks and everything so DiCaprio you can argue back and forth. I think he is a good actor, but you could see, even if he's not, he's perfectly cast in that role, I think. I don't think you can argue that he's not. Yeah, not a good actor. He, yeah, I think he's got too good a track record. Well. Everybody thinks Leo's a great actor. He's been in some clunkers, guys. He's been what? He's been in some clunkers, and he's given yeah. some clunky performances. Yeah. Who hasn't, though? Gangs of New York. Yuck. Um, you don't like Gangs of New York? I don't like him in Gangs of New York. I haven't I, seen that I love one. everything else in Gangs of New York, but he's <laughs> lame in that. I haven't seen that one. Who's he play? Was that? He plays the main. He's like the main guy, yeah. Anyways, um, okay, so what I felt like happened with this movie was I felt like Lerman, what's his name, Larman? Let's just call him, for the purposes of argument, Baz Lerman. Baz Lerman. I don't know if that's how you actually pronounce it. So the movie had a lot of ambiguity to it, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the point, like I said of the book, was that everybody builds these fantasies we have of, the other, of other people in our life. And right. that's one of the big points of the book is people are never who we want them to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the, even Gatsby falls prey to this. And yet the movie takes that and almost makes it into the virtue to where it becomes this great American virtue of doing this sort of dream building. Mm-hmm. And that's what made Gatsby such a ideal character is his capacity for hope. And so the movie took that one thing and then like ran with it and kind of missed the point. Yeah, I think it did. Well, I sort of felt the first time I watched it, I thought that and I thought, this movie really is romanticizing. I think I said this last week. This movie really romanticizes Daisy and Gatsby and Gatsby's hope and their love story and everything. Watching it this time, there was more shades of gray. What I actually thought was, I'm not sure that Lerman actually has an opinion on this material. Like, I can't actually tell what his take on these characters are. I don't know what he thinks of Daisy. I don't know whether in one scene she'll seem like a dreamer that just missed the boat. In another scene, she'll seem like the kind of callow superficial person in another scene uh, same thing for Gatsby same things for Nick same thing for everybody I actually don't know how I'm supposed to feel about these characters and you could say that's a virtue you could say it's a virtue of the novel you could say the novel's intentionally ambiguous but ambiguity only works for me when 
you know that like the author has an opinion. He may be withholding it. He may be being clever or ironic in the way he reveals it. But there has to be an angle on the material. Lerman doesn't give me confidence that he actually has any kind of an angle. Well, that's the thing. On the material, and I feel like Fitzgerald did. Yes, he did. Fitzgerald definitely had an angle. He knows what he thinks of Daisy. He knows what he thinks of Gatsby. Yeah. He knows what he thinks of Nick. But, may... but I think you're right. I think that might actually be where it goes wrong. Is that? And that's where I, why it felt like two different movies to an extent was you had the early ghost stuff, mm-hmm. and then you had the later weird Gatsby ending stuff. Yeah, and some of it's really pro Gatsby, and some of it's kind of more ambiguous. You just never like if you watch, for example, the Lord of the Rings movies. You know what it is that Peter Jackson loves about Tolkien. You know what it is he doesn't like about Tolkien. You know that he despises hobbits and he thinks they're yokels and he really likes big battles and he likes kings and he likes lineage. You understand what it was that appealed. I'm being a little hyperbolic as I describe that because those movies are silly and they deserve for me to be hyperbolic. But basically, you know what it is that Peter Jackson likes about Tolkien. You understand what his angle on the material is. And then you either agree with the, his angle or you don't. Lerman, you don't really know what his angle on Gatsby is. I don't think you don't. Except that the one thing he does is he takes, like he does, maybe I'm wrong here, but I felt like he was doing the thing that Nick Carraway eventually gets jaded with in the novel, mm-hmm. which is, Boz Lerman himself was idolizing Gatsby. Yeah, I think you don't know what he think really thinks about Daisy or Tom. That's what I mean when I say he doesn't have an angle, a good yeah. angle on the material. You do know what he thinks about Gatsby, and he thinks Gatsby's pretty cool. And so he turns Gatsby into the idol eh. that Fitzgerald really refuses to turn him into. That sounded like an eh of disagreement, Jake. I think well, he disagrees. I think you could argue that Nick Car- he his angle is that Nick Carraway thinks that. But then he places Nick Carraway in a sanitarium, feverishly writing in order to process his guilt and his alcoholism. And but the whole writing process is to create this novel that he can then call The Great Gatsby. So that he can lock it away and move past it finally. But you don't really get a sense that Carraway is wrong, or at least yeah. I don't think the movie tells you one way or another. And I don't think it's interesting in its ambiguity. I think Lerman's just not a mature enough filmmaker to communicate Anything. I think, I think that's kind of what was going on with the last, where he has just Gatsby at first. Right. And then he realized Gatsby was this emblem of hope, which I looked in the novel. The novel doesn't see Gatsby as a great emblem of hope. No. No, it that's doesn't. Not, that's not what he says about Gatsby in the end. No. But Lerman made the intentional change to have Nick Carraway say that he was this emblem of hope and that... Therefore, this, not, what does he say about hope at the beginning? I I meant to go look that back up. In right? the movie or the book? In the book. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. But it's definitely not at the end of the book. It's not the takeaway. No, it's not at the end of the book. But if it's in the setup chapter, then there may be some justification for it. I don't, I mean. It I doesn't know it, feel that way at the end at all. Yeah, it's not the way he captured it. It's not it the impression us. that you come away from the book with. The book ends, I mean, whatever you think about the book, it's wistful, it's depressing, it's, it gives you a series of melancholy feelings that I would say the movie does not give you. And so the movie, however close it hews to the text, whatever you want to say about Lerman's take on the text and whether he was being faithful or not, the movie simply does not communicate in celluloid form what those pages in the book communicated. It doesn't give you the same spirit it doesn't give yeah. you the same feeling i don't think I mean, and even, I, even with the last line so we beat boats against the currents born ceaselessly into the past right in the book you get the sense that 
you know, Caraway's seeing this sort of exhaustion that this, but this is just the way we are. We never want to move forward. We always want to go back to what we can't have. And that Gatsby is the great representation of this. Mm-hmm. That even everything, bootlegging, criminal, gangster activity, all these things are trying to get to this. And I, you see this, you see this justified in some of the great movies that were made, like um, The Godfather. A lot of that's trying to get back to this idea of the ideal family in Italy. All these things right. that America helps perpetuate as the American ideal. And part of the American ideal is to get back to something that we really never had, but that we thought we had. And that's kind of the point of the book. Right. He's trying to get back to this idea of Daisy that he thought he had, but in the movie just really kind of muddies that and confuses it and instead does that thing to Gatsby. That's my take on it, but. Yeah, I think I basically agree. The movie, I, I, would, I will say it was less like that than I remembered. It was a little less worshipful of Gatsby and a little less, a little bit more ambiguous about Daisy than I thought it was. Yeah. I'm but it still with... doesn't get it. I, I basically do agree with you though. I felt, I felt jarred with Daisy. There were scenes where she early on seemed starry eyed and dreamy. And even at the end, when they're leaving, she looks longingly up at the phone when they're talking. And so you're supposed to have some ambiguity with Daisy thinking that she is kind of trapped by Tom. Yeah, but again, it didn't feel intentional. Like at the end of the movie, I don't know what Boz thinks about she Daisy. She is trapped by Tom. Even in the book. No, in the book, she's just a callow, stupid, superficial. Or at I least- was glad I had a girl because, and I hope that she becomes a fool because the best thing that in the world that a girl can be is a fool. She's trapped. Yeah. She knows that. She be- we begin the book with her feeling and sensing that, uh, sensing that she's just trapped. But she's okay with being trapped by the end of the book, at least. Yes, she is. She 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 was never going to leave for Gatsby ultimately because it was going to cost too much. She is somebody that does not have the moral courage to defy the Toms of the world and doesn't no. enable the Toms of the world. And the movie is really muddy on whether she's just trapped or whether she actually likes Tom or whether she's just torn it's, between you know, the two great it, men in her life. I mean, she's not torn between the two great men in her life. I think in the movie, she would have been happy to just go on having a casual affair with Gatsby and punishing Tom in her way by being with Gatsby and being uh, That's what I would have said about the book. Piece. The movie to me feels much more... I can't follow the th- the the through line of her character of that performance in the movie. Like, well, maybe I was just reading too much of the book into the performance, but that's that's okay. I mean, we don't have to we don't have to agree on it. I'm just saying, <clears throat> I didn't find that the performance really worked, and I like that actress. I think she's good, but she just doesn't really seem to have an angle on who Daisy is. Again, I really don't like Tom in this movie. He's just like a villain, mm-hmm. and Tom's pretty brutish in the novel, and you don't have a lot of sympathy for him. But he feels more like a character. Like you have the point in the novel where it's like he was stuck with at that football game and he was always trying to, you know, you have a little bit of an angle on, I, mean, I guess the angle is my word of the day. You have a little bit of an angle on who Tom is and why he is that way. Whereas in the movie, it's just like, well, he's the villain because our story needs a villain. And so he's a jerk. Anybody want to say anything else about this stupid movie? I have, I have nothing. My wife, who doesn't know the story of Gatsby, gave it two out of five stars. <laughs> I do know the story of Gatsby, and I'm going to give it also two out of five stars. If you just like pretty whooshy MTV stuff, then you might enjoy five minutes of this thing before you want to throw up because it never stops. But I hate this movie and everyone associated with it. Wow. How about everyone who likes it? Yeah. I hate them too. Nah, it's okay. It's a great movie. I want to say it's one of my favorites. <laughs> I might not want to say that. <laughs> 
uh, I don't know. It's just it, it, forget about whether it's a good adaptation of Gatsby. It's just not an interesting story. Leonardo DiCaprio does a great job. That's about all I'll say for it. And any individual moment is fun, like the set design, the costumes, every all that, that first fun. party. Yeah, the party's fun. I but, mean, it's got again, it's racy parts. Yeah, but. it's but it's just relentlessly like I hate movies that maintain the same pitch. The whole I hate any work of art that maintains the same pitch. Like I need variety. I need things to slow down and speed up. I need peaks and valleys. I don't just need the director constantly bonking me over the head like a Looney Tunes character with a mallet telling me how interesting things are. Treat me like an adult. I have an attention span. I can stand for the camera shot to not switch every three seconds, Boz. I don't need this in my life. I don't need you condescending to me and thinking that I'm going to lose interest if you don't flash more CGI at me. Was there CGI? Was there CGI? You know what, Brandon? I'm not even going to do donor shout-outs. You've ruined it for everyone. (laughs) Boo. 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 Would I recommend this movie? No. Maybe if you're five years old and you just want something pretty and you're morally dead inside. If you're a psychopath that hates life and has no attention span and is sexually purient and a dunce and you hate Fitzgerald and you like Leonardo DiCaprio pretty well. This is the movie for you. It's a very specific type of person. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, uh, I wish them all joy as they watch this turkey. Thanks for listening, everybody. The Looking had Brandon, Ghost Brandon, it had, uh, what's his name? DJ? DJ Funky Town. No, Beastmaster Funky it Town. It had Beastmaster Funky Town, Jake. Yep. It had me. I'm depressed by this movie, folks, so I'm not going to give you any more credits, but you can go to patreon.com forward slash the booketing and you can give us money and we'll promise to spend it better than Boz Lerman has spent his entire Maybe. life. We might do a giant musical inspired by the great gatsby music a hit hip-hop big band bookening bookening <laughs> yeah we will never do that we have taste mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie was worse than ready player one wow bye everyone <laughs>